the Grey Hat Beard podcast. Hello and welcome to episode two of Grey Hat Beards. Uh, after chatting a bit uh, to others and to ourselves, we've decided we're going to split it down into smaller chunks. So you'll actually get four episodes from this one recording. Going to kick off talking a bit about what we've been up to and uh, what news we've read. And then we're going to go into our topic of the week, which this week is Project Cortex. And we're going to break that down into three sections. How will end users use it? How will Cortex make metadata different? And what is Cortex solving? So uh, enjoy the other sections, but we're going to kick off first with some news. So I'll, I'll start uh, as I'm babbling on already, uh, and we are actually setting some timers for this. So I'm going to kick off the first timer to try and keep us a bit more on track compared with how we've been before. Uh, so I've been up to a couple of things this week uh, on from a work point of view, been looking at a very interesting client project where they've got a load of content editor web parts, lots of jQuery, building up some very clever applications, but they want to move it to SharePoint Online. So looking to move that to SPFX and it's been great to really engage with them as to how you can move and get the most from SPFX. So that's been a lot of fun. Uh, also had Ignite, which I know Al will touch on a bit later, uh, and that inspired me to create a new Power App looking at uh, the Face API. I've, I've always had a big passion for the cognitive services and the AI stuff in Azure, so uh, created a Power App uh, and it seems to have taken off. Uh, had a, a lot more likes and views uh, to my Twitter profile and the blog seems to have been very popular uh, and, and it was really good to see and interesting. So uh, I will share the, uh, a link to that in the notes so you can have a look. Big news for me this week uh, is Evil Microsoft coming back. Uh, so there's some news that in the project, uh, sorry, not in the office, in the Office Pro Plus rollout, they're now going to enable Bing by default so that you get the Bing Microsoft search, gives you a nice landing page to go and search all your internal content as well as Bing. But whether you're using Chrome, whether you're using Edge, it's going to set Bing as default. And this has caused a, a lot of noise. I know um, Andrew Connell wrote a big post on this. Uh, I don't know, Al, what, what are your views on this? Ah, uh, it's always it's always causes uh, controversy when Microsoft try and change the tools that people are using. You know, forcing us to use IE was one thing, but uh, yeah. I think I saw I can't remember who said it, but somebody said you know it's Microsoft who are trying to change a different product for a service against the user's will. So, mm. you know, it really isn't. Uh, it's <laughs> not going to go down well. Bing is not where it needs to be. Um, for them to just assume that everybody wants this and I think their you know their motivation is clear they want Microsoft search to be used more yep. and the integration with Office 365 and the ability to bring you know content from Office 365 into that Bing interface is what they're trying to drive but I think and I, and I think that's a great driver that single search from it, Microsoft search is a great thing it's just the way they're doing it of forcing um, things on people. absolutely and you know it's the the carrot should be there are benefits to it so therefore people are going to opt to do it not yeah. you're going to force people to do it and Absolutely. that's that's where and it's I think going to go plenty, wrong. plenty of people will plenty of people see a good point on wanting to use this microsoft search unless they force it it, it just feels a bit of the old microsoft to me coming back and kind of pushing things to people rather than doing the right thing and letting it come on which is a little yeah. sad and i've you know i've been using bing search for well, since they launched it last year, 
last Ignite um, with that integration into Office 365. And it works mm. really nicely. You know, I search mm. for a client name, I'll see the internal stuff and I'll see the external stuff. Mm. And it, it it has really good use cases. But yeah, the way they're doing it is is just going to create resentment. I thought it was interesting, you know, Andrew Connell's got quite a following on his blog and he used that as a, a, a big place to kind of shout about this. He, he doesn't blog huge amounts. Uh, and I noticed he sent through the the user voice currently on 335, which which is pretty big for the user voice. Uh, not quite as big as I thought. So uh, it, certainly if you don't like the sound of it, uh, get involved and, uh, and share that. Uh, so, Gary, what have you been up to and what have you been keeping an eye on? Um, so this week, uh, I've been uh, in Azure DevOps uh, quite a lot, um, using that to uh, essentially bring a project back online to where it needed to be. Customers losing confidence in development work that we we're actually doing, mainly because there wasn't the visibility. Uh, we were doing the work, but, you know, it was seemingly hidden away um, using DevOps to kind of refactor the what we built into series of user stories and features and document those to give us a basis of when we're raising bugs, we can assign them to the individual requirements. And it just be, kind of came a bit more self-documenting. We were able to then show the customer at the end of the week what changes have been made where, what bugs have been raised, and also the tests that we'd actually done um, mm. to either confirm that it was fixed or not. So we've got test plans running in there now as well. So that was really good to, to, to basically build up that picture of, uh, of what we've been doing over a couple of days um, really quite quickly and, and to see the change in how we could develop as well. So you know, we didn't have a build pipeline for made releases. We put that in straight away. It takes away the resistance of having to do the deployments. We can do more smaller deployments so the customer can see that as well. Uh, and, and at the end of the week, it was really good because sat down with the customer, showed them it, and they were just really happy, blown away uh, to see the visibility. And, okay. and, and their words was, you know, this gives us confidence because we can see it. It wasn't that they were saying, you know, you're not doing things or anything like that. It was just purely confidence and visibility. Um, so, so, so you've given that, them access to the Azure DevOps. They can see what's going on or? Yeah, yeah. So we, we've just Brilliant. given them uh, stakeholder access. Um, that was what, actually what they requested uh, on the call. Um, the way that they put it was in the way that we were working with them was a very much supplier relationship. Um, we yeah. kind of come back with things and they, they didn't actually want that. They wanted more of a partner relationship, but it's, the, it's you know, they want that. It's how do we enable that, um, that, that way of working and DevOps because it's making everything visible and tracked and, 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 and everything is, you know, it was easy for me. I was working with Paul to just give him work to work on. He could work in isolation and do that piece of work and I knew what was happening. So it made mm. it a lot easier for me to manage that um, as well and have conversations with the customer. Um, but yeah, we, we gave them just basic access so they could look at the test plans as well. You know, we moved the test plans in from an Excel spreadsheet into DevOps where you, know, you could run and track, take videos, take images and, and put them all in one place. Uh, in fact, good. we actually got to the point of rather than raising a bug, we raised a test case that caused the bug. Um, and then we had a place to go back because we had a failure. So then we could actually rerun the test and say, yeah, that change that we've made has fixed it. And here's the expected outcome. 
um, again, I think, self-documents, which was great. I think it's really interesting when you talk about that partnership uh, engagement and using DevOps to drive that. Uh, I, I think it's often tricky with consultants and clients how you get that partnership, but it, it's such a better way of working for both sides in the end. I think the other thing about it is it, it starts to demonstrate to them how best to use something like DevOps, yeah. which they yeah. can then take on internally. So it's almost like, you know, training by stealth. You know, mm. they're getting to understand how how they could be working so they can improve their own internal processes as well. Absolutely. And, yeah. I, and I think it was an interesting chat, uh, a colleague, a former colleague of mine that uh, you met the other day, Al, called Yap Vosses, and he boasted a thing about how, how does Agile work with statements of work? Um, and I think the answer is trust and building that partnership. You build that trust uh, and can work yeah. well together. Yeah, yeah interesting. Yeah. I think that is a topic in itself because I've been yeah. had lots of discussions as well um, about Thank you know you, we we live we live in a world where we we know that an agile way of delivery gives us better quality outputs. Unfortunately, yeah. the way that we uh, that, that we contract work with you know we'll say government agencies and their procurement departments they don't fit into this agile world they're still statements of works and outputs and it's how do you try and get the best of both worlds um so it's you know I there's think, a bit of a mixture there. I, I think that's definitely a topic we should explore i've, I've scribbled a note on that one um <laughs> with, with about 30 seconds left so we don't need up too much time and anything caught your eye in the news recently gary um, so the big one uh, for me uh, was um, there's been a change to the, P, uh, to the SP DevDocs repository. So this is the repository where if you've got an issue with anything SharePoint development related, so SPFX, uh, even SharePoint workflows and things like that in SharePoint Online, um, you can raise an issue in the repository and Microsoft will pick it up uh, and try and progress that. Um, Basically, that repository got out of hand. There was hundreds and hundreds of issues that just become stale. Uh, they've taken the decision to have a complete clear out. They've gone through and closed about 300 issues, um, the, the, mainly to, to try and get a hold of what is current uh, and to give a better um, a better experience. Obviously, there's people now with issues that have been opened that have now been closed um, and they've not been looked at. Uh, I would recommend if you are one of those people, go and look at the, uh, the the docs that have been created. If you go into the wiki, there's a whole load of the documentation that explains why they've done the changes um, that, that they've done. Um, and they've also put information into there, like what you should use the, uh, the repository for as well. Mm. So they're going through and tidying things up. They know that it was an issue. Um, Andrew Connell is the guy that's done all of this. He is just the messenger, though. It's his name that's gone against all of these closures, so he's been getting a bit that's of Twice pain. we're mentioning um, him this week. We're not sponsored yeah. by him at all, I promise. <laughs> but, but this has been worked with, with Microsoft. It's a Microsoft repository. He yeah. is just the messenger. Um, it, I know that he's been working with uh, Vaser and his team, and it's a Microsoft decision, so yeah. don't have a go at Andrew. <laughs> yeah. I, th I think it's good. Um, maybe something for a, another week to talk about keeping things clean and uh, resetting. Yeah. But uh, for now, um, Al, over to you. So I guess uh, last week was Ignite the Tool. Um, so not much news coming out of there, but there's a lot of conversations going on there around community and around Power Platform. The London Power Platform user group was, was there in force with a, a community pop-up 
Um, but it kind of corresponded with um, a key piece of news for me last week, which was the update to the center of excellence for um, the power platform. So they've taken the center of excellence that was one solution and they've split it into three solutions to give it more flexibility, um, more granularity in terms of what you can control um, and how it's applied. Um, and that's really followed through into what I've been doing with clients this week in terms of talking about you know, how they manage Power Platform, how they govern Power Platform for a the combination of citizen development and, and enterprise development. Um, so I've had some very interesting conversations with, with clients around that. And one of the interesting things that they asked me was, well, what about Power Platform? Um, that's, that covers Power BI, doesn't it? But the center of excellence doesn't. Um, so I found a, a new, a, again, a Microsoft GitHub solution. Um, around um, Power BI adoption, which has got some quite interesting things in terms of best practice for setting things, uh, capturing data and adoption as well, how you start to get get people to adopt it as, you know, the self-service, you know, that, that idealistic uh, BI self-service um, capability. So that's that's um, really some of the stuff that I've been looking into. Um, I guess the, the other thing that that has come about with that is talking to to people about how they learn this stuff, how they stay on top of it. And as you as you probably both know, I am podcasts uh, are good. Yeah, a massive advocate <laughs> of community. So yeah, whether it's podcasts, whether it's YouTube, whether it's following people on Twitter, but yeah. also you know attending attending events, uh, and whether it's you know things like SQL Bits for you know that data platform side or you know, Commsverse, SharePoint Saturdays, a lot of these sessions that, and I know, you know, all three there's of us. There's some speak good speakers at, at Commsverse, aren't there? Yeah, there, there, there are. There are. There is. So all three of us speak it's at some bad ones. Too. Hang on. So, I, I'm, I'm not speaking at Commsverse. <laughs> uh, you, you'll, you'll be missing out there, Gary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, we are getting a lot of the speakers tied down for SharePoint Saturdays and, and various events. Um, so yeah, keep an eye, keep eyes open because we're getting into conference season, as you might call it, before the summer break. Uh, there'll be quite a lot going on over the next couple of months. So certainly, yes, I'm speaking at Commsverse um, on productivity. Um, I'm speaking in in well, Warsaw um, on to do. Commsverse. Um, what what is Commsverse? I'm sort of sharing the link to the page on the screen now. But uh, for those listening, what is Commsverse? Commsverse is a, a multidisciplinary event. Um, it's very, very cheap um, for two days of, of training by world-class people um, presenting a lot of different sessions, but it is quite a broad area in terms of that, what they're covering. Um, there's quite a lot of UC stuff there, um, but there's a lot of Office 365. Focus on Teams primarily. There's sort of a broad world focused on Teams as the kind of central part to it. Yeah, and there's... I think, you know, what I'm talking about there is, is productivity. So general productivity tips and tricks. Um, and then you have people doing, you know, much deeper technical sessions. I think, Kevin, you, are you doing your bot again? Yep. The, the yeah, wearing so the wear. is coming back out. So uh, those from CPS uh, may be famous there for a little while. Um, but then, I know, and you know, if you are based further north, uh, as in Glasgow, then you have um, the Scottish Summit in, in February. Um, I think, Gary, you're at that one, aren't you? 
I am at that one, yeah. yeah 800 that's... people have signed up for it now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just, they keep releasing the odd few tickets. So if you, if you, it, it looks like it's going to be a really, really good event. Um, but they keep releasing the, like odd batches of 20, 10 tickets still. So yep. there are some yeah, still around. So... I think there's there's 900 tickets and 90 speakers, so it's going to be a big event, um, and yeah. that really is that's stemmed out of a, a Dynamics event, but now has everything from Power Platform through to Office 365 and Azure. It's got very broad level of of information. Um, so it'll yeah, it's be interesting well worth, as well coming to that as well. I know uh, Greg Orsuti is going to speak on that, which I hadn't noticed yeah. until a couple of days ago. So it's uh, interesting they've really broadened that out as well. Yeah, yeah, they really have done. So, um, so that's something to look forward to as well. Cool. So we can Sounds put links good. in for the um, both the, the Centre of Excellence and the Power BI adoption yeah. kit as well. And, and just the the um, the Centre of Excellence, sorry, Centre of Excellence. The best place for that is to to have a look at the Power Apps Tools GitHub. Is that the best start? Yeah, that's that's the best. Aware of? That's that's where you download it from. There's a a lovely 50 page document i think you're on it at the moment the pdf to set it up which is very 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 good um the power bi one is um pbiaf at um github so and that's got yeah a lot of pbiaf if it's github and then slash pbiaf bring that up uh, well, yeah, we'll certainly oh, share yeah, that. Adoption. Uh, yep. There we go. Fantastic. And there's some really good slide decks in there um, to help like to help you know both partners and and organisations actually push out Power BI. Excellent. Thanks. Really useful. Cool. Uh, well, I think we will take a break uh, as far as everyone listening's concerned as we close up the news part and move on to Project Cortex. Thanks for listening. Stick around for part two of this show where we go into talking a little bit further about Cortex and check out the show notes for the links on the news.